Small Talk for Wednesday, November 10th, 2010. Our topic today is Hold Time and Transfers, the Balancing Act You Can Win. And now, I'd like to introduce the host of Call Talk all the way from the Philippines. Today, welcome Bruce Belfiore. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, and it's great to be back here with everybody. And, uh, yeah, I am here in the Philippines, and it's uh, 2 o'clock in the morning at this point, and somehow I'm still awake. So really happy to have with us uh, Dane Peterson. Dane, you'll keep me awake, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Good. Well, hopefully I'll stay standing through all of this. Uh, the San Miguel beer and oatmeal, which, uh, you know, you have for breakfast when uh, <laughs> the times are all turned upside down. Kind of does the same thing to your stomach, but it's a lot of fun. I'm here on assignment for a client with uh, Dr. John Anton and colleague uh, Joseph Raganis, and we're having a real good time. And actually, uh, one of the issues that we're dealing with right now is hold time for uh, for a client situation. So I'm really happy to be talking about this. And uh, Dane, it's great to have you back with us. Uh, Dane has years of experience with. Uh, uh, AT&T Solutions. She's the senior consultant with Minnesota-based call center solutions. Uh, she's certified by the Center for Customer-Driven Quality, which was founded at Purdue as a uh, center call center auditor and specializes in area of co areas of call contact center operations. And uh, she's worked for many of the Fortune 100 companies, uh, focusing on contact center technologies, including network services, intelligent call processing, IVR, and ACD solutions. So it's my pleasure to welcome you back, Dane. Thanks, Bruce. Glad to be with you uh, all the way from Manila to Minnesota. <laughs> That's right. M&M, right? Yeah, <laughs> you got another it. another one. I'm going to be 3M. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, you know, these are important topics that we're going to be getting into here. And, um, uh, you know, want to make all of our listeners realize that you have some real golden words for them. So uh, uh, give us a, a little bit of an overview of what your thoughts are with regard to these issues. Well, I'm not sure the words are so golden. Uh, it might be absolutely the opposite. You know, that the devil is in the details, and uh, transfers and hold time are really part of the detail that really uh, drives the customer satisfaction. Uh, there's nothing worse than being put on hold once you call into a center and not know whether anybody's coming back to you and hearing dead silence and have I been disconnected, what's going on? And as we know, people just do not trust being transferred. So uh, managing those two functions uh, can have a large impact on a caller satisfaction. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know what I call it sometimes the, the call center seesaw. And uh, because there's oftentimes a trade-off we see, you've seen it many times, uh, between uh, hold time and transfers. Uh, in other words, both of them are the call, center, call center's answers to the situation where the uh, agent is there saying, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Je ne sais pas. I don't know what the answer is. So when the agent doesn't have the answer, there's basically two things that can happen. One is to put the customer on hold and get the answer and come back, or the other is to escalate, to, to transfer the call upward. And uh, what I found is that in some cases, uh, call center managers are, are too quick to say, okay, well, it's going to be one or the other. We're either going to train up our people so that they can answer the question uh, themselves and uh, go on hold, give them the resources, 
and uh, and not have to transfer. Or, you know, at an earlier point, transfer up to an escalated situation. Uh, oftentimes not thinking about how they can, you know, reduce both at the same time. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, absolutely. You know, I think the first thing is that has such an impact is, as you suggest, the knowledge and training that the agents receive. But the other part of that in this very complex time that we live in is making sure that they have the tools, that they have the knowledge base uh, that is available and easy to use, and I stress easy to use, for our mm. agents to find the information. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it makes yeah. a huge difference in the census. Right. No, I think we all know what happens when that doesn't happen. You know, you've got situations of customer service rage and, and other things. I mean, do you have any uh, stories to tell or thoughts on that? Well, um, I don't know if you had the opportunity to see uh, CBS Sunday Morning uh, this past week uh, when uh, the, uh, uh, they shared the story of a uh, lady in um, uh, uh, Mortishaw, uh, in uh, the southeast U.S., Mona is 78 years old, uh, was having problems with her service um, and could not get anybody's attention. And when she arrived in the lobby uh, with a hammer and did significant damage to the computers, uh, she did get their attention. And it's those kinds of angry customers. Uh, we certainly don't want any of those stories about us. Uh, and yeah. certainly uh, the tools that can prevent that and the processes around managing and providing knowledge and tools to our agents uh, can certainly uh, help us miss those uh, really disastrous occurrences where we make the national news. And there have been far too many of them, of course, lately. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, there you've got a situation with who wants to be on the other side of a hammer with uh, Mona Shaw. <laughs> in front of you threatening. <laughs> on the other hand, uh, there's just a terrible publicity that goes with that, and which just makes your yeah. customer service area look, look terrible, when in fact, you know, it could be pretty good. Um, now, the, the, the thing is that uh, first call resolution, we all know, is a huge satisfier. And obviously, the uh, seesaw that we're talking about, which is either hold time for those questions where it's a I don't know on the part of the agent, or transfer uh, is, you know, again, the, the uh, attempt to solve the situation on the first call uh, on the part of the call center. And uh, there, there's a number of things that I've seen uh, being used, and, and perhaps you could share some of the uh, stories that you have. One, in fact, is that, uh, okay, uh, a certain call center accepted the fact that uh, given the nature of the product and uh, the, given the nature of the clientele, et cetera, there are going to be a certain number that they of the nose on the part of the, uh, the, the uh, customer service agent. And uh, so they decided that what they would do is to incorporate what had been hold time into uh, the talk time by having the agent not put the customer on hold, but rather keep them on the line. And, you know, I, I've called up numerous centers that have used this tactic, and they tell you what they're up to as they're going. So uh, they're saying, you know, I'm, I'm opening up your record right now, and, uh, okay, I'm looking up uh, where, you know, you last called or, you know, what your situation is, uh, getting into your particular product. 
And, and through that, being able to keep the person on the line, it's not necessarily reducing handle time, but it is uh, reducing hold time. And in turn, it's also helping to build a little more relationship and hopefully a little less irritation on the part of the, uh, the customer. And uh, the interesting arguments that you can get into on this are that, okay, by saying certain phrases, you don't encourage a conversation with the customer because if you do that, then the agent has to use two parts of their brain to dual task. And, and in that case, they're really going to slow themselves down. But if they're, in fact, simply informing what they're doing, that, that uh, doesn't take as much of, you know, both sides of your brain to do something, you know, technical assistance plus chit-chat, uh, and that that can be a way of uh, reducing hold time, again, not reducing overall handle time, but reducing hold time and perhaps leaving a better uh, impression with the customer. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that goes to the point of having the good knowledge-based tools that are searchable and easily accessible uh, so that you can shorten that period as much as possible. You know, I, I think uh, many centers um, have in the past and still do uh, policies uh, that agents are to put the caller on hold, but to check back at, with the caller at every 30-second or 60-second interval. Um, probably as effective in terms of customer satisfaction is in allowing the customer to know what's happening. But I think you make a really good point if I'm going to start trying to have that communication while I'm searching. You know, the temptation when people get nervous, they start talking oftentimes. So the mm. caller may begin trying to engage the agent in a conversation, even though it's structured uh, for that not to happen. So I, I think there's pluses and minuses, but it, it may end up being a slippery slope uh, for the agents uh, trying to manage that process. Mm, mm. Okay, no, good point. You know, I think that that's the kind of thing that can be tested out in certain situations, and I think it will make a difference if you're a utility uh, and you have a lot of older people calling and who have all the time in the world, it's going to be different than if you're a B2B type of situation where people are uh, getting on and off and are more than happy uh, to uh, just have somebody tell them what's going on and not engage in any uh, chit chat. So no, I think that's that, that's a that's a good point. Um, any other I, uh, I think, things that you go ahead? Sorry. I think that's an interesting point, Ruth, that you just made. Is the demographic of the group that you're speaking with? I'm thinking particularly in uh, you know an insurance organization where they have callers from providers and the insured. And having been in those centers recently with what's going on in healthcare, you are dealing with two completely different audiences. And certainly in the B2B environment, that may be a very effective tool. Um, they know what's going on. They understand that someone's looking at a database. Um, and maybe not so much in that older demographic as you suggested. I, I think it's interesting. Um, one of your staff members, uh, provided uh, some data uh, to me about what's happening and as you have used the term seesaw uh, between hold time and transfers, um, looking at uh, various industries, uh, it's quite apparent that that's exactly what happens. 
the industry with the absolutely lowest percent of transfers also has the highest amount of hold time. And you can mm -hmm. see that vice versa, although it really hovers very close, uh, you know, plus or minus around 10% on transfers amongst most of the industries um, mm -hmm. and around 30 seconds of hold time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that it's important for us, uh, you know, uh, to, as managers, have eyes open on the interrelationships uh, among the various metrics we look at. And what you just told us, that, that's, that's really interesting. And uh, uh, what are some of the, uh, the average hold times and average transfer times for, for a couple of the industries, just to give our listeners a, 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 sort of a, a taste of what, uh, what those look like? Sure. Uh, well, uh, Telcom has about 13% transfers and a 34-second hold time. And, you know, with all of the conversation we hear about uh, service from the cell companies uh, and cell phone providers, um, you know, that's pretty reasonable, I think. Um, mm -hmm. The best, as I mentioned, in terms of transfers is, are um, uh, utility companies, surprisingly. So they, I, they, they're not transferring as many calls. They have 5% and a 42-second hold time. 42 mm -hmm. seconds happens to be the highest and 5% mm -hmm. the lowest of all of the industries. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. All industries, uh, level one tech uh, help desk, again, 8.4% of transfers and 28-second uh, hold time. Okay. No, those are, those are great statistics, and we remind anybody who's listening that uh, if they'd like to uh, get a uh, free reality check or even do an in-depth reality check with us, they'll be able to see their metrics side by side with uh, their industry average as well for these. And, and uh, you know, give them a grist for the mill in terms of thinking about how to optimize and, uh, you know, reduce wherever possible these, these metrics. Um, you, you know, yeah, there's, there's another. I think Go ahead. I gotta say, I think that's a really important point, too, is to understand what yours is compared to the norm. Um, we recently did work with a utility that was having very long hold times, far higher than the industry average. And while they were going through the journey looking for Center of Excellence certification, um, we uh, started identifying what was causing those very lengthy hold times. And we, in fact, found that it was one particular call type and then researching that farther, they found uh, that they were having some broken, a broken process uh, within their systems that was causing uh, agents to have to do a great deal of research in order to provide a solution for the caller. So really, I think it's you know finding where the norm is. What are you? Why is there a variance? And then doing some of that root cause analysis to determine what is causing that variance um, can help you really have a huge impact on those hold times. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that's a great story. And, uh, you know, that kind of analysis is exactly the kind of um, exercise that brings so much value to the call centers because think about the ROI on that. If you're able to uh, find that problem, uh, reduce the talk time to something that's uh, normal for the industry. And that's where, where benchmarking really is so important because 
he can say, gosh, you know, in my gut, I think this is a high uh, hold time, but you don't really know if it's uh, out of whack for your industry until you compare yourself to the industry. And rather than uh, try to go for a goal that's either too high or too low, uh, you know, find out what it really is in terms of your competitive peers. And, and then, you know, be able to, to do a uh, diagnostic and then, uh, uh, you know, repair <laughs> on it, if you will, for, for that kind of uh, situation. Uh, it's a great story. Yeah, and I think even at, uh, they didn't even realize that hold time was the issue. Uh, they were mm-hmm. seeing that their handle time, uh, their talk time uh, was longer and so as mm. they started looking at that, they were able to see that it was, in fact, the whole time uh, that was causing the uh, stretch in their handle time. Yeah, I think with okay. some of the tools, I think some of the tools we have uh, in the quality arena today with recording, you are able to isolate those calls also that have a hold time, uh, that have been put on hold, that have silenced during the call, um, extract those calls then uh, using those tools to understand why this is happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's great. Actually, uh, being the data nerds that we are, uh, as you know, we, we tend yeah. to find some people who are, what, speak for yourself? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> there you go. Well, we oftentimes, you know, find people who use average handle time. And uh, nothing wrong with average handle time except that it's not analytical enough when you're trying to do a root cause analysis, you really do need to pull things apart into your talk time and your hold time, uh, figure out what your after call work time is here. And uh, it's exactly when you do that that you can uh, find these little nuggets that can lead to, uh, to real improvement. Um, I was on site uh, earlier this year and doing some side-by-sides, which is always the best way to find out what's really going on in the sensor. And uh, uh, invariably, the agent was saying, excuse me just a minute while I get some more information. And then she put the caller on hold, and all she was doing was inputting the customer record. It was actually after call work time that she was putting into hold time. Uh, why? Because in her center, as soon as she clicked off, she was put back in queue. So <laughs> this was really an irritant to the customer, obviously, uh, and a misuse of hold time. And uh, ultimately, we, we got that changed, and now we've got a better picture of what's really going on uh, with handle time as a whole. And they've actually been able to do some training and improve the, uh, the, the system so that they've been able to bring down uh, handle time overall. So that kind of diagnostic can really lead to some very, very interesting conclusions. And that, that's kind of the beginning of, you know, the Six Sigma thinking that is really spreading in the centers is using the benchmarking data to start with, get your starting point, understand where the defects are, as you say, breaking it the larger piece down into smaller pieces, and then doing that root cause analysis. Right, right. It's well, the only way know, we're uh, going to continue to improve. Right. Well, you know, the other thing is sometimes you can find really big things that can uh, make a difference. For instance, we're in a center now, uh, whole time over uh, 100 seconds, and, um, you know, really very distant from the industry average. And uh, did some root cause analysis and found out that the computer systems are extremely slow. And that uh, an upgrade of those computers, just bring in new chips, 
at a certain cost, but not that great a cost, uh, can really solve a major component of the problem because there's, uh, uh, you know, the, the computers are both going down entirely and just taking a long time, and they're putting customers on hold uh, as a result of this. And also, obviously, even in, where they don't have to put customers on hold, they have longer talk times than they need to because the talk time overall is is higher as well. Well. You do some uh, some uh, numbers as we like to do, and uh, figure out the cost of the upgrade versus the cost of all of that time. And it turns out that it's a no-brainer to go to the CFO and say, "Hey, we need the upgrade on these computers." So that's what they're going to get. And you know what? They're not going to only get better metrics; they're going to have much happier agents because they're going to the agents are going to feel like they're dealing with tools that are helping them help the customer. Bruce, if yep. I could uh, jump in here really quick, I, I've got a couple questions if you guys are ready to take a few. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, this one comes from Paul, and uh, the question is, how does trans transfer time philosophy impact hold time? I know you guys have touched on that a little bit already, but uh, what are your thoughts? Dane, over to you. Well, I, it has a huge impact. Um, in one center that uh, I was in recently it is a level one technical support desk. If they cannot resolve the call in uh, five minutes, they they must transfer the call to level two. So, excuse me, I got five, 15 minutes, then they they must transfer the call to level two. So based on that policy, the transfer level is going to go up. Um, you know, again, on the inverse side of that, if we don't have that kind of a transfer policy that, and, and we may not have really a place to transfer calls to, I do need to put a call on hold to find the answer, to get help from my supervisor, the escalation desk, or the person sitting next to me um, to find that. Or I have poor tools that I that take a long time to uh enter data, receive data, as Bruce just suggested. So you're going to end up with a lower um, uh, transfer rate, but certainly higher hold time. One of the things that, um, you know, you look at in a center is what is that escalation process um, and how do you manage that? If I have a place to escalate, but nobody keeps track of who's escalating or why they're escalating, um, we can have a lot more calls transferred than are necessary because we never really find out what the problem is. So mm -hmm. I think it's a question of, one, what is the policy, but why is it the policy? Do I have a place that I go to if I need help? What are the tools that uh, would prevent the transfer um, and really even prevent hold time so that the tools are fast enough and usable with great search capabilities, but I don't necessarily have to put the call on hold for long periods of time mm. or any period of time. Uh, great input, great input there. And made me think too about uh, the instances where we've seen that an expert hug can help out a lot because when you put somebody on hold, then what happens? Because that's part of the root call and uh, cause analysis that has to go into this as well. Are people uh, on their own? Are they uh, raising their hands? Are they going to a knowledge management system like the kind that you were talking about, Drew? Uh, I'm sorry, Dane. 
And uh, or do you you have a situation where uh, they uh, call in an, an expert from an expert hub, which is like a call center or, or a support center within a call center for agents, and uh, you know these are the the experts who are available to everybody in the center or at least for the areas that uh, are, are relevant. And um, and actually, you know there have been a few cases that we've seen where in addition to simple hold, simple. Anyway, whole time, not so simple, uh, transfers. There's also the possibility of bringing an expert from the expert hub into the conversation, and that works in situations where, uh, you know, the three-way will actually allow a motivated agent to, who's maybe a little bit newer, a little bit greener, to uh, bring in the uh, expert and uh, listen carefully to the answer given by the expert to the customer and therefore, you reduce the time that's needed because you don't have a, okay, I've got to hear it from the expert and now I'll tell it to the customer type of thing. Uh, the one thing you have to watch out for is agents who get lazy and just bring people in every time. Uh, as long as you can control for that factor, then that's a third path that you might want to consider if your technology allows it. Anyway, uh, Long, long answer there, but uh, Jeff, do we? I'm sorry, uh, Brian, do we have any other questions there? Yeah, we do. We've got a couple more, and I know we're running a little short on time, so uh, we'll get right to them. But I do want to thank some of our live listeners. To name a few, I know we have some listeners from Utah, Fort Worth, Atlanta, Indianapolis, and Seattle. So uh, thanks for uh, tuning in, everyone. And if you're listening after the fact, well, thank you for our archive listeners as well. Uh, this is a question from Chris, more on the metric side of things. Currently, we have average handle time defined as average talk time plus after call work time. Is it really accurate? Oh. Uh, yes, it is because it, in the talk time, you also include the time that the call is put on hold during oh. that. But you do want to isolate and understand what that hold time is. Okay. Yep. yep. Okay. Agree. Good, good. Well, we'll just keep moving on to uh, a question from Mike, and uh, he asks, what do you think about adding alternate contact channels as a way to reduce call volume and the corresponding hold time? Mm -hmm. um, I'm not quite sure what you mean by that, but if I have to take a guess, I would say that we're talking about chat and Probably. other web communications. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, certainly that would have a, an impact on your total call volume. Um, you can expect that if you do deploy a lot of these tools um, from the web that you might end up with longer uh, talk times, handle times, uh, because you're going to end up getting more complex calls. Mm -hmm. Yep, I, I agree with that entirely. I think that you've interpreted the uh, question properly. And, uh, Mike, tell us if, if not, because we'll be happy to uh, expand on this. But uh, there's one other uh, element that I'd throw in here as well, and that is uh, videos uh, that you can have on your website because uh, this is something that's, you know, considered sort of higher up in the uh, hierarchy of <laughs> technology here. But if you're able to, uh, you know, do co-browsing with your uh, customers, bring them over to videos in which the knowledge uh, and answers can be incorporated so that the person can not only hear but also see what they need to do uh, to perhaps help service their own product at home or to get an answer 
that that can be something that can reduce costs and increase customer satisfaction. Because there is one other thing here that, that we have seen, and that is it's one thing for an agent to have the knowledge on a complex question to be able to answer. It's another thing to really be able to communicate that well. And scripting can help out with that. But there are situations and there are agents uh, for whom certain questions could really be better handled through a video. And if you're a multi-channel center, sort of moving toward the higher reaches of uh, the technology uh, pyramid, then, uh, you know, Mike, definitely there are some things that can be done there to, uh, to help you reduce your, your hold time. Super. I've got one more. I know we're uh, really short on time, but this this might be a, a long one. Uh, Jeanette from Canada writes in, guys, uh, thanks and good reminders. Would you please go deeper and pull apart the different parts of average handle time? Mm -hmm. Okay, good question. Uh, Dane, you want to, to do that? Sure. Um, in terms of average handle time, what I – what the typical uh, definition is, it's the beginning of the time that the agent receives the call and begins interacting with that call to the time that the agent is complete with that call. So the components in there are, in fact, that talk time the, while the agent is actively communicating, and then the time that it takes the agent at the end of the call to complete whatever the transaction is that needs to be uh, completed, you know, all the notation, et cetera, uh, for the uh, system files. Within that, there is that hold time that the agent uh, may be putting the call on hold um, and handling, you know, looking for other information to complete that call. Uh, but those are really the basic components of handle time. Okay. Great. Well, listen, thank you very much. Uh, Dane, it's always a pleasure to, uh, to work with you and to do these uh, call talks with you. So thank you very much for being on and bringing your experience uh, to bear on this, these important topics. Uh, and with that, uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. With that, back over to you, Brian. All right. Thank you, Dane. Thank you, Bruce. I appreciate uh, all those great insightful comments you guys have made today. Uh, I do have a winner, and uh, it's time to give away the free in-depth reality check. And the listener today is Chris. Chris, thanks for your question, and make sure that you uh, email me at brian at benchmarkportal.com so I can get the uh, $1,500 benchmark report to you. And uh, so, of course, thanks to all our listeners, both the live listeners and the ones that are listening after the fact right now for tuning in to Call Talk. I want to remind you to join us December 8th for the next call talk titled Site Selection. What does the research show and what are those key factors? So if we used your question today, please email me at brianbenchmarkportal.com so I can send you one of Bruce's books, Benchmarking at its best. Don't forget to sign up, though, for a free Reality Check Benchmark Report and see how your call center compares to others in your industry. And our in-depth reality check benchmark report takes a much deeper dive, of course, into call center metrics and is free today. Again, for our winner, Chris, make sure you email me. I'm Brian Carrington, hoping everyone out there has a wonderful day. That's a wrap. <laughs>